We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, February 16th, and we're approaching the NBA All Star break. We're taking some time off, right? We're finally taking some time off. There's still stuff, other stuff going on. We got college basketball, I believe, right? College basketball, soccer, soccer. There's a six game slate on on Saturday morning for for EPL. There's MMA. Right, we got golf. Golf is going on right now. We got tons of stuff going on, even with the NBA All Star break. But programming note: uh, we'll, we'll be taking off a little bit. I'll be back next Thursday, right? Because tomorrow is the the Rising Stars game or whatever the rookie game or whatever they do in the NBA. Then you have the dunk contest and the three point shooting contest, and then the the, the actual All Star game on Sunday. There won't be any NBA going on. Regular, regular. NBA contest going on. So uh, won't be here tomorrow. Won't be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I will be back on Thursday 
and uh, we'll probably be getting into a, a new topic the past uh, the past week or so. We've been talking about bankroll management. I've gotten a bunch of questions in about that. How much of a bankroll do I need? How much? Of, what context should I be playing with? What, what mix of contexts? You know, and and we, we came to the conclusion, if you watched, watched the past uh, bunch of shows, that the two main things that, that you need to take into account for is the size of your bankroll and the edge that you have. That's it. Those are the only two things. The bigger the edge, the less of a bankroll that you need because your edge, right? If you have a 10%, 15% edge, you know, you're, you stand to win more often than if you have a 3% edge. The amount of variance that you have to survive with a larger edge is going to be smaller. And that's what the Kelly criterion or the Kelly formula attempts to uh, to to balance out, you know, to get the most the most amount of return for the least amount of risk, risk of ruin. But we'll be talking about downswings yesterday. We, we I, I showed you that 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 betting calculator. On what your what your expected maximum drawdown or downswing is, even with those edges, that you could lose in in like cash games seven seven slates in a row, and that's that's expected within a, a hundred slate sample. So it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean you doesn't mean you're not doing anything wrong, but it doesn't uh, unequivocally mean that if you lose seven days in a row in double ups. That somehow, like, oh my God, I, 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 something must be up or anything. That's that's within expectation. You know what else is in within expectation? Giving me those thummy thumbs early in the morning. Give me those thummy thumbs. It's helping. It's helping my black eye heal or whatever. I'm still, it still looks worse than it is. Really, it really still does. It just you know, it, it'll turn turn different colors eventually. Probably probably by the time I come back next Thursday, it'll be pretty much all gone. But uh, but yeah, so, so sometimes sometimes DFS punches you in the face, right, with a downswing, and sometimes uh, sometimes you fall flat on your face. You fall flat on your face. But hit that thumbs up on Good Morning Wataz, Suki Singh, Defic, Bart B, Richmond TX, Mike Ostry, Sherv, Bien name Bienim, Bien something something or Matthew Jeski. He's there also. So we talked about drawdowns or downswings. They're, they're the same term. The thing that separates, I think, good DFS players from great DFS players is how you handle downswings, okay? I think that from, from a, a selection bias, from a survivorship bias standpoint, most of the top DFS players you see today are ones that were able to handle downswings. And there are 90% of people that are just as good, aren't playing anymore because they didn't properly handle downswings or they didn't expect it, right? They have two, what way too high expectations statistically on this game that we play DFS, which is extremely high variance. And especially if you're playing GPPs and especially if you're playing large field GPPs. So some people get success very early and then think that that's the way it's always going to be, right? Not that they... They, they are still good players. They still have an edge. But they got a, a good, a, a fair amount of short-term variance to go in their way. And then they dramatically over-calculated what their edge is. So yeah, oh, oh, I have a 40% edge. So that means I could play 
15% of my bankroll. Most of those people have gone broke. Almost all of them have. The, the most likely, the most the expectation is that you're going to go broke in, in, that, in that regard. So how you handle downswings? How you, hey, how you handle upswings? Right? That they're both related. You're more likely to have a downswing than an upswing. But how to handle both of them will determine the scope of your bankroll. And so many people that play DFS, especially getting into playing seriously or only playing for a short period of time, dramatically, and I mean highly dramatically, overestimate how, uh, underestimate, a better way to put it, underestimate the swings of variance in DFS, okay? That, oh, oh, I... I've been I've been maxing out the mini max every day for two months and I've I've not I've not won first place and I go and and what 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 are you talking about okay well what's your expectation that you're gonna win every other day well well when I when I started playing the mini max I won twice in a month and now it's been it's been six months and I haven't won first place since and I go. Well, in six months' time, what you won twice. Just so happened that you won twice early out of six months. Winning twice in six months is you're actually over expectation for those contests. Maybe your actual expectation is to, to win that three times in a year if you played every day. So you won it twice in six months. So actually you're ahead of schedule. Maybe. It depends. I mean, it depends on the contest. So a lot of people, when they handle upswings, they go, oh, I got this, I got, I got this game solved, right? I got this game solved. Oh, oh, I'm doing really well. I got this game solved. I'm just going to, I'm going to bump up my play. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to move to higher stakes, right? Oh, I won the mini max. Now I'm going to start maxing out the $15 main GPP, even though it's, you know, 15 times the volume that you'd be playing or, you know, they move up. Oh, I won the $5 single entry. Now I'm going to start, I, I, I have five grand in my account now. I'm going to start playing the the two hundred dollar three max, the five hundred dollar whatever the hell, right? Five fifty five or the hundred dollar single entry, and and then never come back down. And maybe they lose twenty five hundred dollars along the way, and then they never go back down to the five dollar single entry. So they've gotten used to it. They're just like, no, no, I'm good enough to be playing those contests. Like, but is your bankroll good enough to survive the variance? It's not. Are you good enough to beat that that stakes level? You may be good enough, but you're not, you don't have as much of an edge to survive the variance of that play. So a lot of people, I, I mean, dude, I see it all the time. In seven and a half years of playing DFS, you don't realize how many times I've seen people win a large field GPP, win $100,000, right? They, and not even playing 150 lineups, like win $100,000 playing 20 lineups, playing 10 lineups, whatever. They win hundred thousand dollars, and next thing you know, they're they're playing five entries in the seven 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 or something, or they're playing the Thunderdome or something. You know, they're treating it like, oh, this is found money. This is oh, I'm playing with house money. Like, no, you're playing with your own. You're playing with your own goddamn money. This is the reason why you stick to some form of Kelly staking, some form. A percentage of you're using a percentage of your bankroll in comparison to your edge, and even if you want to use a percentage that you it's 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 a uh, static over time, 
That doesn't matter. Like, well, I play a little bit more in soccer, but I play a little bit less in NBA, but I play a little bit more in these types of contests. If you don't even want to make those determinations, just simply saying on any given day, on any given day, I'm playing X percent of my bankroll. Up to the max, right? 1%, 2%, 5%, whatever it happens to be. (coughs) Obviously, we've seen using this uh, EMDD, expected maximum drawdown calculator, that the more percentage of your bankroll that you're playing, the and with the same amount of edge, the more and more risk you have of going broke. And the smaller percentage, the less risk you have of going broke. So let's say you're only playing 1% of your bankroll. Let's say, let's say you have $2,000. Right in your in your bankroll, two thousand, five thousand. Let's just say five thousand in your bankroll, and you're playing large field GPPs, maybe five thousand dollars. But you're playing like ten liners, right? Because five thousand dollars. What's one percent of that? Fifty bucks. So maybe you play. Uh, you're playing. You did, there's an eighteen dollars single entry. You know, whatever large field. You're playing three entries into that, or something, something like that. Maybe playing another 1% in cash games. Maybe you're doing that also. So what ends up happening is you pay for, you spend three lineups in the $18 large field NBA, whatever the hell it is, on DraftKings. And you win. You win first place, $100,000. $50,000, whatever it happens to be on that day. Let's say it's $100,000. Now you have $105,000 in your bankroll. Assuming you don't take, you don't take anything out. I'm not saying withdrawing or whatever. You just you, I'm going to take out 20,000 20, and just not consider it part of my bankroll. You could do, remember, bankroll is a whatever you set aside for this purpose type of thing, not how much you have in your account or how much you have in your bank account or what your net worth is. So whatever you've set aside is this is what I'm playing DFS with. So $105,000 now in your bankroll. Well, you still should only be playing 1, 1% of that. What's 1% of 105000 That's $1,050. So yeah, you were playing $50, but now, okay, now you play $1,050. But a lot of people, they go way past that. They go way past that. Well, $1,050. Oh, now, now I could play, now I could play in that $15 contest. Now I could, now I could play 70 lineups, 80 lineups. You can. Assuming you have an edge in those contests, you can. But a lot of people go to the extent of now I can play 150. Oh, I have $105,000 in my bankroll. I can play 150 lineups into the $15 contest, right? So that's $27.50. Plus I'll play uh, two lineups in the 777 or whatever the hell it is. I'll play, I'll play, I'll play the, the $1,200 live final qualifier, right? And next thing you know, they got seven, $8,000 in play. On the very next slate, on the tomorrow slate, on the next slate. Now they're playing 7, 8% of their bankroll. And let's say they lose a lot of that, right? They lose five grand on that day. Now they're down to 100,000. It's like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I have the money to afford. Next thing you know, it's a month later, and they have $60,000. They've lost $45,000. And instead of playing 1% and going, okay, what's, what's 1% of... 60,000 that's 600 bucks. Maybe they scale down a little but now they're now oh well now I'm only going to play $2,000 a day. Do you see how this slippery slope goes? 
Next thing you know, three months later, they're 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 back down to ten thousand ten thousand dollars. They have five to ten thousand in their bank, but they have an entire GPP win that they just squandered away. Was it because they were playing bad? No. It's simply due to variance. Just because you've won you win a GPP one day doesn't make you any more likely to win a GPP the next day. Assuming you're playing about the same. So I mean, you're building plus EV lineups about the same. People fall into what's called gambler's fallacy. Okay, it's a common it's a common bias amongst gamblers. That's why it's called gambler's fallacy. It's also known as the Monte Carlo fallacy or the fallacy of the maturity of chances. It is the incorrect belief that if a particular event occurs more frequently than normal during the past, it is less likely to happen in the future, or vice versa. When it has otherwise been established that the probability of such events does not depend on what has happened in the past. They're statistically independent. The fallacy is commonly associated with gambling, where it may be believed, for example, that the next dice roll is more than usually likely to be six because they have recently been fewer than the expected number of sixes. Right? And it goes both ways. This is like, is it hot or is it due? They're both the gambler's fallacy. I, I always joke about that on, on a lot of live shows, especially with Dean. Right? You have a, 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 a team or whatever, you know, that's uh, that's that's doing well. Oh, they've won five, four games in a row. That means they're more likely to win the fifth game. Are they? Or they've won four games in a row. It's unlikely they win a fifth game, right? Oh, we don't see people win five games in a row, right? So is it, are they hot? Do they have the hot hand? Or they do because they've been so unlucky. Oh, they lost four games in a row. They can't lose five, right? It's more likely they win. I mean, you see see this, this common gambler's fallacy in baseball betting. In MLB, you'll, you will find, once MLB season comes around, you will find people, you will find people that try to martingale series, meaning that there'll be a three-game series, right? It'll be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, it'll be the Pirates versus the Tigers or whatever, whatever the hell it is. And you'll bet on one team. You'll bet on, on one team three times. And if the, if the, the Tigers lose the first two games, Bet triple on the Tigers on the third game because see us uh, uh, sweeps see, see uh you know three game sweeps are rarer. It's much rarer. If but that but that st- statistic matters in the on Friday, not on Sunday. Whether or not they lost the first two games doesn't really doesn't affect their probability of winning or losing the third game. The same thing of like, well. In craps or something. Oh, someone rolls, you know, two 12s in a row. It's like, oh, well, I rarely see three 12s in a row. So don't definitely don't bet on 12. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It's the probability of it coming up 12 or any other number on the die is the same regardless. Regardless of the past two numbers, the roulette wheel, the same type of thing. But the same thing applies with when you play DFS. If you're playing well, if you believe you're playing well in, in general, the chances of you winning a GPP or whatever today, given the same variables tomorrow, is, is the same. 
Like I said, given the same variables, some people are better at small slates. Some people are better at large slates. Some people, I mean, there may be some variables in the slate that increase or decrease your edge. But if you're if you're a good DFS player, your edge is going to be positive probably regardless of those variables. So if I told you during an entire NBA season, six-month NBA season, you're playing 180 slates. Like, what's your expectation on, like, winning a GPP, playing, you know, 20 lineups or something like that? For profitability, probably once, once a year, once a season, to win one for 50 to 100K. Let's just say, let's just say, that's your edge. You don't know when that's going to happen, right? You figure that you're going to win one one first place GPP finish one at once in every 150, 180 slates. Now, if you win two this season, that does that mean that, oh, well, next season, you're not going to win any because you only average one a season. It's like the probability is still the same. All you're all you're pointing out is just short term spikes and variance. These statistics are long term, and I constantly the past couple of shows harping, ple- pleading for you to understand how long the long term is in DFS. I'm going to repeat repeat this again. If you would have played every slate ever offered in daily fantasy sports ever offered ever every slate every sport okay since draft street since you know poking then star street they would since the small side since before DraftKings existed okay since before FanDuel existed and you played every slate ever in the history of daily fantasy sports you played Canadian football one game slate, you played the Madden arcade game, the simulation, whatever they offer on DraftKings. Okay. You played every showdown in every sport ever made. You played every every turbo slate. You played everything. Okay. So just highlight. You've literally played every single slate ever offered. CSGO, yes. PGA, the showdowns in PGA, all of them. MMA, the club, the captain mode in MMA, everything. You played every MLB slate. And some slates, some days there are seven slates. There's the two-game turbo, the three-game night, the afternoon, the thing like FanDuel. You have multi, you have the two-game this slate, the three-game, you have the showdown slate. I'm talking about every slate ever, ever, ever offered in daily fantasy sports for 10-plus years, 12 years. Every slate you ever played, ever existed. I'm saying this as, as a hyperbole. They really, really, it's one of the most important things for you to understand. If you played every slate ever existed, you're you're nowhere near. When I'm, when I'm, you're not even in the same galaxy of long term. If you played every slate that ever existed in DFS, you still you it. How how long would it take you to get to the long term? The same it would take take you, even if you played all of the slates ever made in DFS. You still have, it's like now wherever you're sitting and now you're walking to the moon, walking to the moon. That's, that's where the long-term is. If you could, once you walk, once you're able to walk to the moon, that's, that's where the long, that's where the long run is. 
Okay. That's how high the variance is in DFS. Okay. So even if you played every slate that ever existed, that's like you for my 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 journey to the long to the long run, which is the moon, is like every slate that ever existed in DFS is like me walking from my home office studio where I'm sitting right now to the kitchen. Okay. So 12 years of playing every single slate only got me from my office to the kitchen. And for me to get to the long run, I have to make it to the moon. To the goddamn moon. Okay? That's how long the long term is. You will never get there. Okay? Unless you're immortal or something. When it comes to DFS. So during that time frame... Over the course of you walking to the moon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your ROI is 12%. And you, you're, you're, the, the, let's say you played a lineup in, in a GPP every slate ever, ever existed. Let's say... You would win first place once every 500 slates. Because you're playing one, one lineup, right? One for every 500 slates. That's over the course of, I don't know, 50 gajillion slates. So whatever large number that you would make up. Over the course of that 50 gajillion slates, you, there, there are going to be some points where you win. You literally win a GPP two days in a row. And there are going to be some sp- spots where you don't win. You don't win a GPP for five thousand slates in a row. It's not going to be equal. Not oh, every five hundred. So if I'm on the forty four hundred ninety ninth slate, that means tomorrow I'm winning. That's not how it works. Okay. Once you understand that, once you truly understand that, anything within the course of a week, two weeks, is is nothing. Is nothing. There's no such thing as I'm I'm on a hot streak. All you're seeing is is a, a, a statistical cluster of variance. That's all you're seeing. And if you're on a cold streak, all you're seeing is a statistical cluster of variance. That's it. Assuming you're playing well. So when you come to me and you say, "Oh, I'm on I'm on a downswing," what should I do? Said so maybe you should do nothing. As far as your process. As far as how you handle it bankroll-wise, 
you should be stepping down. If you're using 1%, 2%, whatever percent it is of your bankroll, just adjust it for that. That'll that'll answer your question immediately. Whether or not you're going up or you're going down. You have a $100,000 bankroll, okay, and you're playing 1% of it. That's 1000 bucks. Let's say you lost a thousand bucks. Now you have nine hundred nine. They have ninety nine thousand dollar bankroll. So what are you doing tomorrow? You're playing nine hundred ninety ninety dollars. What's one percent of that? Oh, let's say you now. Oh, now you're up to one hundred twenty thousand. Well, now you're playing twelve hundred. Like, what's one percent of that? Like, if you can't, if you stick to that, does it have to be exact? No. But if you stick to some type of percentage like that, and it's and it's related to your edge or at least it's more conservative, at least, than your edge, your risk of ruin should be very low. So no matter if you're going up, you go, oh, you won $200,000. Now your bankroll's 300000 Well, tomorrow, you know, if you're playing 1% of your bankroll, that's 3000 bucks. It's not, well, tomorrow I'm playing in the 10K qualifier. Why would you be doing that? You Tomorrow has no relation to what you did yesterday. Why are you treating it as if, oh, I won yesterday. I got to change what I'm doing tomorrow as far as my contest selection and how much money I'm allocating. Just one long game. And if you're going down, you're doing the same thing. People go on, on large, large downswings. And too few people actually step down. They think in terms of the gambler's fallacy. How do, how do I get it back quicker? No, you got to, you got to, you got to go, you got to do the work. It's so much harder. Like if you start with like $500 bankroll to get to like 5,000 from 500 is going to take a, take a while. It may take you a year or two to get from 500 to 5,000 to get from 5,000 to 50,000 takes shorter amount of time. To get from 50,000 to 500,000 could take an even shorter amount of time. So it feels a lot of what ends up happening is a lot of people, when they go on large downswings, they feel like, oh my God, I know how long it takes to grind it out to get back up to where I was. I'm going to take the shortcut and try to like, you know, think something quickly to get back up there. All you're doing is killing yourself. The odds have not changed. The field has not gotten weaker. Like uh, tomorrow, all of a sudden, everyone sucks. And now your edge is three times as much as as it normally would be. It doesn't work that way. All you're doing is experiencing a short-term cluster of variants, either positively or negatively. So how you choose to play the next day shouldn't be any different than you chose the day before. Do the contest that you are in the contest that you're entering have an edge? Do you have an edge in them? Where are the best edges? Obviously, the more, the bigger and bigger your bankroll gets, where 1% of your bankroll is still a lot of raw money, you may not even be able to fill up the volume of the best edge scenarios that you're like, well, I could still risk more money and now I'm going to go down to a, you know, a 2% edge thing. It's like, yeah, there's not much edge there, but there's still, I still think I got edge in these contests. And based on Kelly, I could still, I could still, devote a percentage of my bankroll to it. 
And when your bankroll is very small, you're doing the opposite. Oh, I'm I, 1% of my bankroll is only 100 bucks. You should be finding the biggest edges you can get for 100 bucks. You could fill up, you could find. If, you, if, if you're spending $100 a slate, you should be able to get in in real good, real, real good. You should be able to find some $1, $2, $5, $10 head to heads. You get some rando, some three man that has some rando in it. Some large field double up, $5 large field double up that has a whole bunch of dead money in it. It's when you get up to, well, how do I get $10,000 worth of volume? Well, it's kind of hard to get $10,000 worth of volume at that to find idiots. Like in order to get $10,000 worth of volume, I'm going to have to play against a lot of the sharpest players in the lobby. But at $100, you should be able to, you, sh- you should be able to destroy. You should be able to have a humongous edge in those spots. But people don't think of it that way when they move up and down. Right? You get the, the guy that wins large field GPP for $100,000 and just moves up immediately. Not even knowing if they play well. They, they could have gotten lucky. Maybe they played a negative EV lineup and just won with it. And then they move up and they go, oh, okay, I'm good now. I'm going to start playing the $500, whatever, the three max contest. And they don't realize those contests are way harder than the $1 contest that they were used to playing. And the vice versa happens. You know, someone, you have a $100,000 bankroll and you go on a $50,000, $60,000 downswing, which is heavy with a $100,000 bankroll. That's being a little too aggressive in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> and they're, they don't step down, realizing that they could grind out and get back up to 100,000. It'll take longer, but it'll t- be much easier because now they're not playing in that, that high stakes, sharpest contest. Now they're, they're going down, they're playing 400, 600 a slate against the weakest opponents they could find, just like they did when they had a smaller bankroll. They just have to be willing to take the time. And so, many, so few people, are impatient. I have no problem going on a downswing and then not getting out of it for six months. That is, it is what it is. Right? You go, you have a, you have a bad baseball season or something like that. You you, you lose twenty five, thirty thousand dollars over the course of a baseball season. Then you head into NFL, and a lot of people are like got to make it back immediately and start tripling their volume in week one of NFL. For no reason. I'm like, okay, no, NFL, the first, you know, two months of the season tends to be much easier, especially in cash games. I'm going to up my volume a little, yeah, because the edge goes up. But maybe it'll take me, maybe, maybe to make, to make back the money that I lost on a downswing in MLB, maybe it'll take the whole NFL season. And it is what it is. And then you look afterwards and say, well, that was kind of pointless. Like if I didn't play MLB, and I didn't play NFL. I'm in the same spot that I was. It's like, yeah, welcome, welcome. This is, this is what it is. It's like in the stock market. There are plenty of times. Who, no one can time the market. Timing the market is a fool's errand. There are tons of times where it's like you get in, right? You get you you you, you buy ten thousand dollars worth of whatever index fund something or other. Then eight months later, it's like it's down twenty percent. Another eight months later, it's back up to where it was. And it's like, 
Like, yeah, a year and a half, it, your money didn't do anything. It's back to where it was before. So, and then, but you have to think 20 years from now, 25 years from now, next thing you know, the money that you, $10,000 you put in is now worth 65000 70000 You seven extra money. But during those periods, there were times where you big downswings, big upswings. But you're in, for, you're in for the long run. It's one long game. And you're not the exception, okay? I think people try, that, that's, that's the psychological bias that people, people may have. Oh, I know this intellectually, right? I know about gambler's fallacy. I know about the Kelly criterion, right? But I'm the exception, right? Oh, I, I wanted you, I, I figured this all out. I don't have to abide by these statistical and mathematical principles, right? I, I won a GBP for $100,000. I'm, I'm, I'm going for live finals now. I'm going to be entering these $2,000 qualifiers. I'm the exception. You're not the exception, okay? Maybe put that on a Post-it note. I am not the exception. Just write that down and put it on your computer screen. And anytime you, anytime you're, you're in a you're in a in downswing or an upswing, just look at that post-it note. I am not the exception. So that's why I wanted to go over this last about handling downswings from a psychological and mathematical perspective. Because it may be the single most important thing that, that, that determines your longevity of making money playing DFS. I can name so many people. That were on the Roto Grinders leaderboard from five years ago, seven years ago. Where are they? Did they just all of a sudden, did they just, they won all the money and they left? No. Or, oh, they found something else to do. Well, some of them did. A lot of them won a lot early and then gave it all back and then some. Right? And they were good players. Just that when you, when you're playing 10, 15% of your bankroll on a given day, like it's just, it's inevitable. Variance is inevitable. Death, taxes, variance, it's all inevitable. You're not going to have that big, that big of an edge that you could survive playing that much of your bankroll every single day. You're not, especially in GPPs. You are not the exception. I am not the exception. And this is the main reason why I'm such a, like a nit from a bankroll management perspective. I'm not a nit when it comes to building lineups. I could build the riskiest lineups ever. I, I have no problem building lineups that either they went first or they you know don't even come close to cashing. As far as percentage of bankroll, it's like most slates, I'm playing less than 1% of my bankroll, right? I'm playing more. In sports and in slates, that I have a more of an edge. I play, I play higher in MMA, soccer, maybe, maybe in my MLB stuff that I'm doing this this, this coming season, NBA cash at times. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar bankroll, and playing, you know, I have seven hundred dollars and can play. Why are you so conservative? It's like, yeah, because look at the math. We've done the math. We've done the math. Especially where my goals are modest. And 
I'm more likely to maximize to remove as much risk as possible. Dude, if I can accomplish my modest goals on less than 1% of my bankroll in play on any given day, then why the hell wouldn't I? Yeah, it's quite possible I've given up I've given up raw money. It's quite possible that if I were to were to have played 5% of my bankroll on a given day that I have like 4 or 5 million dollars. Maybe I have a live final win or something, maybe if I even chase those. Maybe. But for every occurrence of that, there's also the occurrence that I have zero dollars. I'm not even on this show. You don't even know who I am. Right? 2018, I went broke. And then no one knows who I am, pretty much. Just as much as that. So based on my goals, I'm I'm doing fine. I think I'm doing great. One percent, less than one percent of my bankroll. Some people think that's nuts, but mathematically it's not. Do you have any questions about handling downswings? Post them in the YouTube chat. Give me those thummy thumbs, right? Are you going through it? If you're going through an upswing, hit the thumbs up button. If you're going through a downswing, hit the thumbs down button. I don't think it, I don't think it matters. I think even if we get a ton of thumbs down, I think that actually helps. Do we even, are you even allowed to give thumbs downs anymore? I don't even know. I don't even know. Do we have any questions about DFS strategy? We'll be moving on to other topics. Right, we covered bankroll management type of stuff the past week or so because of the questions that come in. It's not stuff that I necessarily want to cover. I mean, I cover everything in the theory of daily fantasy sports, either the fundamentals masterclass or the advanced course, which comes with Excel tools. You can pick up both. Theory of DFS.com, total of 21 hours worth of audio and the Excel tools. It covers everything. But here on this show, we jump around from topic to topic, and it's all guided by your questions. So email them in, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Maybe you want to talk about, you know, a single, a specific sport, a specific lineup construction. You want to talk about correlation. You want to talk about, about uh, calculating ownership. It could be any, anything, anything. We'll be repeating topics, right? I know that six months from now, we'll probably be talking that maybe another bankroll management episode. It, it all depends what you guys want to talk about and what you want me to answer. So email questions at theoryofdfs.com. Send them in any type of question you want. I let them pile up there. I still have plenty of questions. Hey, people that have emailed me even a month ago, I still got, dude, I still got your questions in my inbox. Okay. I'm waiting to see, you know, what other people have and how can I can construct some of these lessons. So they, they, they will owe it. They, I will answer all of them, all of them. And then typically I'll just email you back at that point and say, hey, cover that on today's show. And there you go. So email them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. We got, uh, we got, we got crunch time. I think there's only a three game slate in NBA. It's a small slate. Pretty light schedule today, right? We got football's done. We got X, XFL is coming. I think we have XFL stuff. You will still want to play football, DFS. Still got that. So uh, sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Click in that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You get all the projections. You get all you get all the premium stuff here. You get access to our premium Discord, which includes my own game theory channel where you could talk to me pretty much anytime you want. So join in. I do typically two coaching sessions on Zoom per month as part of that channel. So sign up to Roto-Grinders. Get all the stuff. It's all the stuff that I use, right? 
It's all the stuff I, I eat. I eat my own dog food, right? We got a lot of smart people here at Rota Grinders. They come up with all the numbers, and I use those numbers. There you go. You use that. You get the theory of daily fantasy sports at theoryofdfs.com. There's no reason you can't be a long-term profitable DFS player. There's no reason you could do it today. So I'll be I'll be I'll be back next Thursday, taking a week off. We got the NBA All Star break, right? Not much to not much to talk about. So won't be here Friday. Won't be here tomorrow. Won't be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll be back Thursday. You'll see. You'll see the thumbnail, right? If you don't see a thumbnail, that means there's no show. I'll be back answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on Roto Grinders. Dot com.